Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Uh, We are continuing a series today called The Ghost, and what we're doing is we're looking at the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God as he's described in the Bible. Tell you where we've been the last couple weeks. First week, we looked at the Holy Spirit's role in our life as a counselor, as a comforter, and as a convictor, somebody who says, hey, hold on. You're kind of going the wrong way there. Turn around and go God's way, right? The convictor of our sins. And then last week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit empowers us to live a supernatural life in a natural world. So this week, we're going to continue right on in that series, looking at the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'll tell you, a few years ago, I, um, I had the opportunity to, um, to preach at this church. And uh, it, it was, it was, I, was, I was just going through the process of becoming a pastor, going through the educational stuff, doing the training, doing the internship with my pastor. And they kind of put me in what's called a bullpen. I was waiting on opportunities to preach because I didn't have very much experience doing that. I was waiting on opportunities to serve, to go to the hospitals and do different things like that and learn what ministry was about. And so through that process, a church had an opening for a pastor to come and preach. And the situation with this church was, they're a church in Baltimore, Ohio, and uh, the pastor was bivocational. That means that he works throughout the week and then he preached on Sunday. Like He had a different job other than being the pastor, and I'm not really sure what his job was, but he worked two jobs. And uh, one weekend he came in after his last Sunday, he says, uh, after, after the Sunday service, he says, hey guys, I'm out, deuces and duck lips. I'm gone. I've got another church opportunity and did not give them much notice and that was it. And so they kind of panicked a little bit and they called our, our head office and they said, you know what? There's a bullpen of pastors down there in Pickerington, guys waiting on opportunities. We could put them in there real quick. And so I had the opportunity to go to Baltimore and to preach and I don't know if you've ever been part of what they call a church split or turmoil or drama in a church or when a leader leaves, maybe even at a job, whenever the leader leaves, the people, the employees are insecure, they're not sure what's going to happen, they don't know about the future of things, and you know, there's somebody vying for the spot always, and there's just a lot of insecurities when that happens. A lot of hurt happens when a leader departs, whether it's at a church or at a place of business. And so this church was no different. And I knew that I was walking in to preach that Sunday morning to this congregation. And, I wa- and I, b- before I did, I had my, my sermon laid out. I knew what I was going to preach. And I said, Lord, I've got my plan, but what is it you would have me say to them? And, and I felt God speak to my heart, and the Holy Spirit told me what I needed to say to them. And I was like, oh, I'm not really sure that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> but I knew that's what I had to say, right? Even if I doubted what he told me, I knew that's what I had to say, and so I told my wife what I was getting ready to say and, and get up there to preach, and she's like, uh-huh, okay. So we show up to this church, and the message God gave me was to encourage them and tell them, this is not your end. I'm not finished with you yet. This church will continue to grow. And you need to understand why that was such an impactful stay. I didn't know when I, until I got there why, why that would be such a big deal to them. But I got there, and there was 14 people there that Sunday morning. Now, you need to understand that I rolled in with six of those 14 people. 
And so I'm standing there, and of course over here, there's a guy sitting who wants the pastor's role, who's not happy that I'm there. And then there's, some, some other, there's the other people, the board members of the church, the founding members of the church that are still there. No pastor. And I stand in front of them, and I remember talking about Krispy Kremes and how you can drink Krispy Kremes through a straw when they come off the belt and they're hot, like you don't have to chew. I remember talking about that. I remember making fun of a, they had a stained glass there because it was one of those old time, old time uh, churches, and they, they had a picture of Jesus on it. And this is where I learned that Jesus would indeed wear Prada because Jesus was wearing some sandals, and he had like a little fancy bow on the sandals. And I was like, oh, that does not seem right. But anyway... I, I remember, I called it out, I'm preaching, I'm like, there's eight people here, like, what are they going to do, you know? And so, so I called it, there's almost more of us than there were of them, you know what I'm saying? It was really close. Um, but, uh, but I remember that day, and then I remember where it came to the part in the message where I was going to tell them. And I remember speaking boldly to this group of people, and when the words came out of my mouth that this is not your end, God still has a plan and a purpose for you, it felt like shockwaves across that room. Do you remember that day, babe? And even though it was just a small gathering of people, there was so much doubt, there was so much, ah, are you sure? Because this really feels like the end kind of thing. But I want to tell you that to this day, that church is still going. In fact, that church has crested over 100 people. They changed their name. It's called Now Church, and they are thriving in a healthy congregation. Now, the gift Today, what we're going to look at is the gifts of the Spirit. And the particular gift that I was operating in in that time was what they call the gift of prophecy. This is where you speak boldly on behalf of or for God. And that's the gift that I was operating today. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the different spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. Now, if you're here today and you don't know what a spiritual gift is, would you be honest and say, Aaron, I don't know what a spiritual gift is? Okay, so a few of you. Some, all right, some, some of you not being very honest. That's okay. How many of you know what spiritual gifts are? Put your hands up. Okay, there you go. All right. Well, here's what a spiritual gift is, if you're unfamiliar. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given to all Christians to do God's work on earth. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, that means me. That means me. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given to all Christians, all Christ followers, if you have said yes to Jesus, made him Lord of your life, a spiritual gift is given to you. God gave or gives spiritual gifts to us to work according to scriptures for us to use them first in the church to be a blessing to the church. Now, what is the church? It's not necessarily this building. It's not necessarily these four walls or even the banner of simple church. No, it's the body of Christ. The gifts are given to build up the church to encourage the church, to strengthen the church, and then they are given to make a difference in the world. In 1 Corinthians 12, 1, we begin to see a description of these gifts. It says, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. See, the apostle Paul knew that it was possible because new people were coming to Christ all the time, that there would be a section of those people who were ignorant of the fact that when they were born again or what we, when they gave their lives to Christ, that they were given a spiritual gift. He says, hey, I don't want you to be ignorant about it, so let me tell you about the spiritual giftings that you've been given that you probably don't know about. Studies done today tell us that 87% of Christians are ignorant of or don't know about their gifts. They have no idea what their spiritual gifts are. <clears throat> and So I, let, me, let me say it like this. My father-in-law a few years ago gave me a gun, gave me a handgun. And it's this beautiful handgun. 
It's got wood on the handle. It's silver. It's a 45. It's beautiful. I don't know a whole lot about guns. I don't, I don't know much about them. I, I even wasn't even sure what kind of bullets you get for a 45. And then I found out it's just 45. <laughs> it was a little simpler than I thought. But I didn't know much about it. And so because I'm, I'm comfortable, I've practiced with it and shot it, I still don't know a whole lot about guns. But I understand that, you know, it's, it's, it's good for us to have them, the right to bear arms. I don't want to get into the political debate, but I have a gun. But because I feel a little uncomfortable with it, I'm not very knowledgeable about this gun, I've taken my gun and I've put it in a safe and it's hidden somewhere in my house, right? It's completely hidden. And it sits relatively unused. Unused is where it sits. And I think too many Christians today are just like that. They have a gift that the Father has given them. But it sits unused and hidden somewhere inside. They have no idea what their gifts are. And so Paul says, look, we need to know what our gifts are. I don't want you to be ignorant about it. He goes on in verse four, he says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. Well, who's he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. This is Jesus. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. In verse seven, he continues and says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Spiritual gifts are given to every single believer, and they are there to help you build up, encourage, and help the church, and then the world thereafter. Now, is it any surprise to you, knowing what that verse just says, that the enemy wants you to be ignorant of your gifts? Because he doesn't want you blessing the church. He doesn't want you building up the church. In fact, he wants to defeat the church. He wants to see you stay in a state of defeat. He doesn't want us to grow. He doesn't want us to prosper. He doesn't want us to reach more people. He wants us to be divisive, lack unity, and be at each other's throats till we crumble. That's what he wants. So of course we don't know much about our gifts. So today what we're gonna do is we're going to explore more about our spiritual gifts, but first, let me lay a foundation of what our spiritual gifts are not. First, if you're taking notes today, I'm gonna breeze through these really quick. Your spiritual gifts first are not your natural talents. Your spiritual gifts are not your natural talents. Many of you are born with natural talents. You can dance, you can sing. Some of you are really good with numbers. My daughter's been able to dance since she was like little. Like she can professionally dance. Like I, I have no idea where she gets the rhythm, but this is where I live. She did not get it from me. And I have trouble doing this. I will fall out of rhythm really quick, right? She can dance. It's a natural talent, but the spiritual gifts are not your natural talents. They're not the things that you're born with. They may come along and enhance your natural talents, but spiritual gifts are not what you are born with. They are what you are born again with, right? When you say yes to Christ, the Spirit fills you, and you are given those spiritual gifts. Now, that doesn't mean that you only get that spiritual gift at the time you say yes to Christ. The Bible says that we are to pursue the spiritual gifts. That means we are to seek after them. That means that you can get more of them. So today, if we talk about a spiritual gifting that you don't have, you can pray and pursue those things, okay? But it is, first of all, first and foremost, not your natural talent. Second thing it is not is spiritual gifts are not given to the elite few. There is not a group of people that God prefers over you. There's not this elite group of people that are better than you, that God likes more than you, and he only gives spiritual gifts to them. No, he says the spiritual gifts are given to all. Spiritual gifts are given to all. 
Spiritual gifts are also not a sign of spiritual maturity. A lot of people want to elevate certain giftings that we're going to talk about today. And they want to say that unless you operate in and or have these gifts, you're not a mature believer. You haven't, really, you haven't reached an elite status, right? It's really funny that, that one of the gifts that the Bible talks about is the gift of speaking in tongues. And some churches across America, they elevate this gift and say, well, if you've, if you've said yes to Jesus and you've been spirit-filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues, if you haven't done that yet, then you're not a mature Christian believer. Well, that, that's just not true. That, that's just not, simply not true. We'll see in the scriptures that it says he gives some of these gifts to some people. It is not a sign of spiritual maturity. In fact, when you're talking about the gifts of tongues, just to point it out, it's considered like the least of the gifts. And yet it stands as one of the most divisive gifts among the church. Spiritual gifts are also not the fruits of the spirit. Some people want to say, well, I just don't have the gift of love. That's why I don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me tell you something. Love is not a gift. Love is one of the fruits. See, the fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we are talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. That means you have gone through a process. You've been through some stuff, and you came out the other side, and you know how to trust him, and you've developed patience. You've developed Love, you've developed kindness, gentleness. These are not gifts that you are given that when you say yes to Jesus, you go from being a hateful person to being a loving person. No, 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 no. See, there's a work that has to happen in you. Now, that work can take instant, can be instant at times. When you receive the love of God, man, that breaks our hearts and breaks off all those, those, those hard places in us. And yes, you can become more loving immediately, but there is a process for most of us that we have to go through to see that fruit developed in our lives. So the fruits are not the gifts. That is, that is part of the Holy Spirit's training in your life. Next thing it is not, the fruits are the, sorry, the gifts of the Spirit are not something to fear. The gifts of the Spirit are not something to fear. Now, oftentimes when you hear people talking about the gifts of the Spirit, you think somebody with hair that is like way up high, because the, closer, the higher the hair, the closer they are to Jesus, and you think of some, some preacher with slick hair, and he's screaming into a microphone, and he's got everybody lined up around the front of the, front of the auditorium, and he's bopping everybody on the head like this, and they're all falling down on the ground. Now, to me, I don't know where you stand on that stuff, but to me, that seems a little different. Now, I grew up in that. I went to churches like that, and I was always, you can ask my mom, from the time I was a little kid, I said, that's weird, and I don't want to be weird. I'm not even going to ask you who's with me. I can tell. <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. I, I saw one guy. I'm, this is not in my notes. Sorry. I'm just going to go off on it. I saw one guy do somersaults across the front of the, of the room. Yes way. And he got to one spot. He's handspringing. Just, just boom, tumbling right across the front. I was like, this is the most exciting church service I've ever been to. We've got gymnasts. We've got somebody over here screaming. It's amazing. I don't know. He's doing tumbling, and he, and he tumbles, and he hits his head as he's coming down on one of his tumbles on the edge of the front pew, wooden pews, right? No padding. Bam! And he just lays on the ground, and I'm like, is somebody going to go help that guy? No, no, the Holy Spirit's got him. I was like, that's weird. 
That's not the Holy Spirit that's got that guy. That's a concussion. And then he stays there the whole service. They pick him up and they're carrying him. And they're like, oh, Holy Spirit, just enjoy it, man. Just They're carrying him to his car. Put him in a driver's seat for all I know. I have no idea. But I'm like, this dude has got, like, he just hurt himself. That seems a little weird to me. Now, here's what I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying that God can't knock people down. I, I'm not saying that. God can do anything he wants to, okay? Don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying that if that's what you do because you say, well, this is what we do at our church, there might be a little bit of emotionalism behind that. There might be a little bit of expectation. Well, everybody does it, so I'm going to do it. The churches that I went to, we called this a courtesy drop. <laughs> there was somebody that wasn't specifically anointed enough. You fell over whether they were anointed or not. They put their hands on you. This one time, this woman, woman who was known for knocking people over, I, she came up to pray for me, and I said, she's not knocking me over. I'm not going down. I'm a big dude, and there was nobody behind me to catch me. Unless there's two, I ain't falling, and there wasn't nobody. So she pushed me backwards like this all across the front of that, that auditorium, <laughs> pushing like this, just until she got me to a pew, and then she pushed me down on the pew, and I was happy to be sitting halfway to the ground and not all the way. Look, I'm not making life. <laughs> Doesn't this sound a little weird to you, though? Okay, but look, just because we engage in the Holy Spirit and the, and the gifts that he's given us and we act weird, that doesn't mean that they are weird. It doesn't mean that you have to be weird, okay? The, the, the gifts of the Spirit are nothing to fear, okay? The gifts are given to build up the church and make a difference. These ought to be things that we pursue, okay? So they are nothing to fear. So what are some of the spiritual gifts? Well, I'm glad you asked. Romans 12 and verse 6 starts off. It says, in his grace... God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with, with as much faith as God has given you. So this prophecy, this gift of prophecy, this is the first one we come across, is the gift of speaking out boldly on behalf of God. Some would say that this is my gift primarily because I stand up here and I have to speak boldly what God has laid upon my heart to share with you. And sometimes that's controversial. Sometimes I'm scared. Sometimes I lose sleep over it. But I will stand here and tell you what God has told me to tell you. That's my job. That's the, that is the gift of prophecy. Now, I will tell you this, that over the years, I, I haven't had many instances like I had out in Baltimore. I've had a few. There was one time a young man came up to me and he said, uh, I didn't know him too well. And he said, look, I need you to pray for my marriage. And I said, that's cool, let's pray. And so I bowed my head, and as I was praying, I felt God tell me to pray for something for him, for his marriage. And I said, no, I'm not gonna do that. And we we're continuing to pray, and I'm like, oh, dear Lord, here it comes. And I just let it out. And you'll understand why I was really glad that both of us had our head bowed and our eyes closed like good little Christians should when they're praying, because the Holy Spirit told me to pray for his sex life, to, for his marriage, because they were struggling in their, in their sex life. And I prayed for that. And I'd never, I don't recall ever praying for that before that day. Can you imagine how awkward? I was thankful that we were like this. In Jesus' name, amen. And okay, all right, good. We're good. We don't have to look each other in the eyes. We don't have to do nothing. That young man came up to me several months later and he said, you know, I've never met, met anybody who was willing to pray for my sex life. I never even thought about that being something that was restorative in my marriage. And so to, to this day, their marriage is great. They're growing together, and, and they have an incredible story. 
I've experienced this a couple times, and if, if this is your gift, then Paul is encouraging you to speak boldly what God has laid on your heart to speak. Continues on in verse 7, he says, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. Some of you, serving is your gift. Like, this is your life. You can identify this in your life because you just love to serve people. Some of you are so crazy, you serve in, like, multiple positions in this church. We were in a leaders meeting the other day, and one of the people was sitting in there, and we said, okay, introduce yourself, and then talk about where you serve. And this one person just kept going, and the list just continued on. I serve here, I serve there, I serve here, I serve there. I'm like, dear Lord. Why, how are you so involved in all this stuff? Like, I knew it, but I didn't, like, realize it, and several of the other leaders made com comments about it. This is their gift. Serving is their gift. It, they find satisfaction in it, fulfillment in it. Then let them serve. To tell them, hey, you need to step off a couple things. You need to ramp it down a little bit is like, is like shooting their puppy. And we don't like that, do we, Jen? No. <laughs> Jen's a professional dog trainer over here, so Jen, does, Jen definitely doesn't like when we shoot the puppy. Right? We don't shoot the puppy. My mom is one of these people. She loves to serve. She loves to serve. If you ever have an opportunity to be in a grow group with my mom, and it's at her house or not, and usually there's just women's groups, so guys, you're out of luck. But my mom, she will bake, she will cook, she will make coffee and drinks. Like you walk in, and there is this majestic spread that you are sure you have just entered through the gates of heaven. What in the world? Her carrot cake is just extreme. There, there, she's sitting here saying, use him, Lord, use him, Lord. <laughs> but my mom's one of these people. She just loves to serve and for, to tell her, hey, the reason we have snacks in the cafe, because I said, we, we don't have the budget for it here. We can't do it. She said, I'll bring them. I'll, I'll, I'll bring the snacks. Every week, she brings the snacks. She goes and she purchases them, brings the snacks. She loves to serve. And some of you, you're just the same way. So he says, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. Some of you guys like to serve, especially when you have the opportunity to serve people and they don't know that it was you. You know what I'm talking about? You really, really enjoy that. He continues on. He says, if you're a teacher, then teach well. It, look, if you have the gift to teach, like if you enjoy studying something out and you enjoy sitting with people and saying, this is what I read this week. This is what God's speaking to my heart. Then, then it's possible you have the gift of teaching. You should teach well. He says, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Look, there's some of you, you need to send the text message. You need to send the email. You need to schedule the coffee. You need to have the conversation and encourage people because that is your gift. When you see people are down and out, if, you just have, if your heart just breaks for them and you want to encourage them, then do it. The reason I'm standing here today as a pastor is the result of two men's investment of encouragement in my life to do this. Be an encourager. He continues on and says, if it is giving, give generously. Now, I'm not going to point out anybody here, but you know who you are. If your gift is giving, you, you typically know who you are. You just love to give. And God, I believe that God has Put certain people in the body of Christ to be givers. You say, just givers of money? No, 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 no. Of time, of talents, and of your treasures. And you love to give. You love to pour out. You love to be that person to give more than anyone else. Not because it's a competition, but because you find satisfaction in that. Don't know if you're a giver? We just did this bag hunger thing just a, a, last week. We, we wrapped up. We gave, just, where's April? She's, is she in here, April? I think it was 26 bags of food. So thank you so much for that, making that a successful drive. The food pantry was very blessed that we did that. 
But some of you came and you took three yellow bags the first day that we handed them out. And then you came back the next week and you grabbed three more and you filled them and you brought them back. If you did that, because most people took one or none, if you did that, it is likely that your gift is the gift of giving. So the Bible says to give generously. Do it. It continues on and says, if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. Many of you have this gift. You have the gift of leadership and yet you're leading nothing in the church. Your gift is hidden to you. And he wraps it up and he says, if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Do it gladly. So how do you know which gift you have? Well, there's, there's a few simple ways to do that. I'm going to give you this illustration that I've shared here before. It's called an apple pie illustration. Imagine this scenario, if you would. You're, you're sitting at a table with somebody eating a piece of pie. And no, you don't have any, so don't get too excited. And you're watching them eat this piece of pie. And the piece of pie, the plate is getting dangerously close to the edge of the table. And you know that if they stick their fork into that piece of pie, that that plate is going to flip, and they're going to be wearing pie instead of eating pie. As you watch, it's like they go in slow motion. They dive into that pie, and guess what happens? You were right. The pie flips on them, and they're wearing pie. How you respond to the pie on someone's lap can tell you a little bit about your gift. If your immediate response is, you idiot, I knew that was gonna happen. I told you not to put the pie plate that close to the edge of the table. Look at you now, you got it all over you. If that's your immediate response, you probably have the gift of prophecy. If you have the gift of prophecy, shoot your hand up. No, better yet, if you know somebody in your life has the gift of prophecy, point at them. Point at the people who do that. That's way more fun. All right. All right, we're gonna point at the people you know. Okay, so there's your people. If you look at them, the pie has spilled, and you say, oh, let me help you with that. Let me get a napkin. I'll get you a washcloth and you begin to immediately help them, then your gift is serving. If you look at them and say, you know what? I've actually researched this. There's a better way to eat pie, and uh, that wasn't it. And uh, let me teach you the right way to do this. So you want to keep it here. There's four points along the table, and you use it as a guide. There's even a Greek word that I've studied out called a la mode. And um, <laughs> if this is your response to it, then you are a teacher. If you would look at the, somebody who's just put the, or dumped the pie in their lap and you grab a piece of pie and quickly smear it all over your chest. You're like, look at me, I've got pie on me too. <laughs> if that's you, then you're an encourager, right? You're like, hey, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. <clears throat> if you would look at the pie that's fallen, you would say, you know what, I'll get you another piece of pie. In fact, everybody's getting pie today and we're gonna put whipped cream and ice cream on the side, right? That, you're, you're probably a giver. You, you, I'll pay for it, we'll take care of it. If you're somebody who immediately jumps up and you say, you go get the napkins, you go get the paper towels, you get the trash can, and I'll get you another piece of pie, you probably have the gift of leadership. You can mobilize a group of people to, to accomplish a thing. That is your gift. And if when you saw the pie dropped on their lap, you looked at them and said, you know, when you dropped that pie in your lap, I felt it right here. And I just want you to know I'm so sorry. But you have pie. Maybe, maybe you have the gift of kindness. Maybe, maybe this, is, this is your gift. It's a simple illustration, and I know it's silly. But you can identify who you are in that group. We need to know what our spiritual gifts are. We need to know, because too many of us, our spiritual gifts are hidden, unknown, and unused. We need to tap into them. There are a few more gifts that the Bible describes. These are often called the gifts of power, and these are the ones that are widely dis di uh, disputed and argued about. 
But we're going to talk through them because they're in our Bible. We're going to see what they mean. So let's look at them. This one uh, comes from 1 Corinthians 12. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. That's us, right? Say, that's me. That's me. All right, let's try it again. Say, that's me. That's me. Yeah. Spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. So what is this? This is wisdom and knowledge. Some of you, people come to you for advice all the time. They come to you to ask you, what would you do with this situation? Because you have the gift of wisdom and knowledge. If that's you, then you ought to be somebody who chooses to lead maybe one of our grow groups. Maybe you ought to be somebody that's sitting with married couples or people that are getting ready to get married counseling them, or maybe even on the job. You need to be somebody who's a coach on the job and is coaching people through how to do their job. This is your gift. It continues and says, the same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. What's the gift of great faith? Well, it's, you ever met somebody that no matter what comes their way, they're gonna make it through? They just have faith and they trust in God. They're not, not like, hey, we're gonna find another way around this mountain. There's somebody that's like, all right, let's grab hands, let's pray right now. God's gonna remove this mountain from our life. And then God does. And you're like, wow, this is crazy. This is just a great gift of faith, of trust. There are other people who have a gift of healing. I, I have somebody in my life that, that I know has a gift of healing. I have seen this guy pray for people to be healed and I've seen them be healed. I've experienced it myself. And I'm not sure why, but God gives him on a regular basis a gift of healing for other people. His name's Rocco. And Rocco, for years, man, I've seen this guy lay hands on people out in public, not at church services, and they'll be healed. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's crazy. One day I was serving at a youth ministry he and I were working at together. I was doing setup and teardown for the youth ministry. And I was working. I, looked, I was pasty white. I was sweating. I was sick. My, one of my leadership comes through and says, Aaron, you look horrible. I was like, I feel horrible. He said, let me pray for you real quick. He prays for me. Still feel horrible afterwards. No gift of healing there. <laughs> I didn't name him, okay? And there's nothing to be embarrassed about. God gives the gifts as he, as he desires. I continue working. One of my other leaders comes by me. He's one of my friends, and he says, Aaron, you look horrible. I was like, I feel horrible. He said, let me pray for you. He prays for me. Great. Still sick. Continue working. Rocco comes walking through. I see Rocco. He's like, dude, you look horrible. Thanks, man. I feel horrible. Let me pray for you real quick. Great. He prays for me, and when he's done praying for me, he, he didn't know anything about what I've been going through. He didn't know that two other people had prayed for me. He looks me dead in the eyes afterwards, and he says, now, just like Peter, that's three times. Go and get something to eat, and you'll be fine. And I, I said, okay. So I got up, I, and we finished praying. I stopped what I was doing, went down to Burger King, got myself a burger, and I was fine, just like he said. I've seen it happen all the time. I've prayed for people and seen God heal them as well, but that doesn't mean that I have the gift of healing. God's just chosen to do it. Why and when he chooses to act is beyond me. I can't tell you. I can't put God in a box and say that he's going to heal every time, but it's not gonna stop me from praying for you and asking for God to heal you. It's not gonna stop me from doing it. You say, Aaron, how come we see more healings overseas? Well, I'll answer that. I'm just going to hang on in this little world for a second because this is a very popular topic among Christians, you know, why, why God chooses here and there. I, I believe it's because maybe they don't have the doctors or the hospitals like we have today, and they have full and total reliance on God because that's all they have, and that he answers. He has 
grace, he has mercy upon those that are oppressed by sicknesses in other countries. Maybe that's why we see more healings in other countries than we do here in the U.S. I'm not sure. But God chooses to act and give those gifts when he decides to give. The verse continues on. He says, he gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Basically, you know something isn't right about something or someone. You can discern there's, there's something going on there. He says, still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Now, the biggest questions about these last two gifts is, are they still valid for today? Are they for us today? And I, I think the answer is yes, and we're going to explore this next week, and we'll talk about it at length. So you have all week long to be mad at me because I just said that, all right? <clears throat> we'll talk about it again next week. But We'll look at it fully. And then he continues on and says, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So we have all these different gifts. So how do you discover your gifts? If you want to know what gifts God has given you now, let me tell you. If you're taking notes, I'm going to breeze through them really quick. The first thing you want to do is study what the Bible says about those gifts. Study what the Bible says about those gifts. I'll give you four passages to study. If you're taking notes, here we go. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. Those are the passages you want to look at that talk about the spiritual gifts that we've discussed today. Study them out. The second thing you can do is ask God to show you your gifts. There is nothing wrong with praying. Like, Lord, show me what my gifts are. Show me what gift it is that you have given me, and then tell me what you want me to do with it. Tell me what you want me to do with it. How do I need to use these in the church and in the world? And then you can examine what you enjoy and do well. Take a look at your life. What is it that you already enjoy doing and already do well? It is possible that these things are already in line with your spiritual giftings. Take a look at them. You can also take a spiritual gifts test. If you're unfamiliar with, with where to find one, spiritualgiftstest.com. I know that was out of this, that, that's really, really difficult. Spiritualgiftstest.com. In fact, if you mark your connection card and say, hey, Aaron, we want to get involved in Simple Church and we want to be a part, one of the first things you'll get back is a connection from Tim, our, connection, our Connect pastor, and he's going to send you a, a link that has that link in it, spiritualgiftstest.com. Because we want to know what your spiritual gifts are. We don't want to just put you in kids' ministry or put you on the host team or put you in cafe. We want to find out where has God gifted you so that you can serve to the best of your ability here in this body of believers. Spiritualgiftstest.com. And then the last thing you can do is do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. You know, he's going to prod you. He's going to guide you. He's going to say, hey, why don't you step into that? Hey, why don't you try this? Why don't you sign up for that thing? Hey, why don't you pray that God heals them? Why don't you pray that he heals this area of their marriage, of their life? Man, I'm telling you, when you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, no matter whether it's a big step or a small step out of your comfort zone, when he meets you there in those moments, your faith is built. Your experience with him grows and you have more confidence and more boldness to step out again and again and again. Some of you say, I've never had an opportunity to pray for somebody, pray for somebody to be healed. Never seen a sick person and I've prayed for him and watched him recover. Take those opportunities. You never know what God is going to do, right? It's him who gives the gifts. One last thing I want to say about the gifts. The gifts are not given to you to elevate you. 
Have you ever been in a Starbucks line or even a fast food drive-through line? I'm not, that's not the question. So everybody's like, yes, yes, we have. No. Where you order your food and you get up there to pay for it, and the person at the window says, you're taken care of. The person in front of you paid for your food today. Has anybody ever had that happen to them? Oh, isn't it a joyous day when that happens, especially when you have a large order at Starbucks? See, the person at the window is not the giver of the gift. It was the person that paid for you. The gift was given to the person at the window to give it to you. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are that way. You're the person at the window. He gives you gifts to give to others. It's not to, do you thank the person at the window? Do you say, that was really nice of you to do that? There's no elevation of the person at the window. They're just the person passing it on. This is what it's intended to be. We're not meant to wear, well, never mind. I'm not even going to go there. We're not meant to become healers and, you know, be the one that everybody comes to to get bopped on the head. We're meant to be a blessing to this body of believers. We're meant to be a blessing in this world as a result of these gifts in our lives. And what's sad to me is that, I don't know if you've ever given your kids a gift before. Like one you've actually really thought out. Like you considered them, you considered their personality, how they are, and you pick the perfect gift for them. And you give it to them. And then they don't play with it. They don't use it. They just put it under their bed and it goes unused, hidden. Look, let me tell you, we all have these spiritual gifts in our lives that God has given us. And I feel like it's insulting to the giver of the gift when we just leave them hidden, undiscovered, and unused. He's given them to us. Let's use them. Let's build this church and make a difference in the world to become what we call the shiny around here. Where people will look at you and say, what's different about you? I want what you have. Draw them into the love of God. I'm going to wrap up with this verse from 1 Peter 4.10. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. He's saying, look, whatever it is that God's given you to do, just do it with all your might. Whatever gift he's given you, use it. And he wraps up and says, and then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. And isn't that what we're meant to do is not why we're here. Our purpose in this world is to have a relationship with him forevermore and to glorify him. That's why we exist, to fellowship with him and to glorify him. It's just then, when you're using these gifts the way you ought, then you will fully glorify God. Everything you do will bring glory to him through Christ. Let's don't insult the giver of our gifts. Let's discover them. Let's find out what they are and let's begin to operate in them. Let's take those steps of faith. They may be scary. You don't have to get preacher hair. You don't have, you don't have to. You don't have to be weird and you don't have to be afraid of them. You can use those gifts to be a blessing to God's church. Let's pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I, I would just say to those that are currently Christ followers, you, you, don't, you don't have to shoot your hand up, but I know there's so many of you here that don't even know what your gifts are. I know there's so many of you here that 
Maybe you know what your gifts are, but you're not operating in them. You're not using them to be a blessing to the body of Christ. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that you would discover what those giftings are in your life and that you could learn to work in them. Lord, I pray, God, for every person in this room, every Christ follower, every Christian, every person that has said, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Lord, I pray that you would reveal our gifts to us, God. Lord, I pray that we would repent from leaving those gifts hidden and unused, Lord, that we would turn away from that and we would be willing to pursue this matter because it is of utmost importance that we know what our gifts are, that we use them to build up your church and to be a light in this world. Father, help us discover these things. For the rest of those of you in this room, maybe you'd say, Aaron, I'm not a Christ follower. I've never said yes to Jesus before. I've never made him Lord of my life. I've I've felt like, you know, I couldn't for one reason or another, because because you've done too many bad things or because too many people have said you'll never be good enough or God could never love you or maybe you've just felt like that. Like, I, I could not be loved because of what I've done. Maybe you carry shame that says that because I've done bad things, I'm a bad person and I am unworthy. Let me tell you, your worth does not rest in what you've done. Your worth is held in the eyes of the beholder and God sees you as worthy of his love. Today, if you want to embrace that love, if you want to experience the ultimate gift that he gave us, not just the spiritual gift, but the ultimate gift that he gave us, Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you want to experience God's love and know that you'll spend eternity with him in heaven and find what is better in your life today, If that's you and you want to experience that, would you just shoot your hand up and say, Aaron, that's me. Pray for me. Just let me see you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to pray a prayer and say, Aaron, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to talk to God. I'll give you the words. You can pray this prayer with me, and God, I believe, will meet you right where you're at. If you're listening by podcast or watching live by Periscope right now, join us wherever you're at. I believe that God will change your life today. Pray these words. Jesus. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you came to this world. You lived a perfect, sinless life. You died on the cross and were raised from the dead three days later. Jesus, you did all this in an incredible act of love for me, for the world. Forgive me of my sins, Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Show me how to live for you. Show me what my spiritual gifts are. And I'll use them every day for you. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Amen.